0: Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. I am Josh Roop. With me, my co-host, as always, Scott Larson. And Scott, we're changing things up a little bit. I want you to kind of run it by everyone.
1: Yeah, so uh, we we have uh, friends of the show. We've been talking about them for a long time. Uh, we're going to focus on the sponsor of the show, but then we'll give a shout out. Uh, so we'll do like one feature thing. Um, in this way, it, it mixes it up a little bit, and that way uh, people uh, don't just... Uh, uh, they can glean two nuggets of information that are important to the show, and then we can move on to the information. So, uh, let's start out with the show sponsor, Flipping Out Pinball. Uh, Zach and Nicole Mini—they just upgraded to full status. He is all in. This is what he does. Um, give give them a shout out if you want to uh, pick up that new game, and maybe there was a game that was just released that you should check out. So, check out Zach and Nicole at Flipping Out Pinball and uh just a quick shout out if you want to learn how to do it uh, go ahead and check out Ray Day Pinball. Uh uh Ray's a great all-around guy and he knows a little bit about pinball being the world's number 1 player and he works for Stern. So, uh, all-around good guy. So, Josh, who do we have on the show today?
0: So this gentleman has been in and out of the hobby for a little while now. He you can find him on different various shows uh like Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. The pinball nerds po- uh is it podcast pinball i know that orby doesn't like to call it a podcast but uh the pinball nerds which sadly has retired uh and i don't know about if you've ever messaged this man he is just wholesome and awesome i highly recommend you send him a message right now because i know you're listening but we want to introduce tim lee
2: hey guys how are you i'm doing fine
1: uh, Tim is uh, Tim is graciously staying up a little past his bedtime since he is two hours later and we record at night. So we appreciate you uh, staying up late with us. So anything new going on in Tim's life?
2: You know, not not a whole lot. Um, I started a podcast that's sort of a segment, a branch of the Poor Men's Pinball Podcast called Tribe Multiball with Rachel and Tim. I... Put an order in on a pinball machine earlier. We can talk about that later. And honestly, just taking care of my family. We are. I'm a track and field coach, and my son runs track and field, and I've been heavily involved in track and field for the last four to six, six weeks. So a lot of family stuff going on right now.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's get into it, Josh. Uh, today is the day, uh, the long-awaited day when The Mandalorian was announced, Officially, and they teased it last week, so let's talk about it. And this is the reason why we're here. So, first off, Tim, what's your initial feeling on the theme,
2: The Mandalorian? I enjoy The Mandalorian, but my family had a fantastic reaction to the theme. It's probably the only theme where my family went crazy when I told them. That there was a mandalorian themed pinball machine coming out i enjoy it we watched the show as a family so i was excited but my family is really excited Mm. okay all right so josh what about you
0: i actually like the mandalorian more than the back to the future and so i was actually kind of glad to see this theme. don't get me wrong like back to the future is good and all i just this is a step up in my opinion um it's funny because I wasn't really looking to buy another pinball machine anytime soon. I didn't know Mandalorian would be on my radar. It was more like I had to watch and see. I really like Brian Eddy's stuff. So I figured might as well, might as well see what happens and go from there. So I'm pleasantly surprised with the reveal. I know it's not what everyone was thinking, I guess, but I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, we haven't really seen a play field that moves up and down like that, a mini play field. I hey, know hey, people- hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, don't, don't jump to the end.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, fine. We won't jump to the end then. So, uh, but no, I think my initial reaction was, is uh, I'm pretty excited for it. It's pretty cool to see, especially a, a theme that's not even, or a license, not, it's not even too, well, Grand Star Wars has been around for 40 years, but the Mandalorian itself has only been around for two. So,
1: okay. It's cool. I love this. Uh, this is one of those themes that is current it's relevant and it is um it's a huge streaming cultural experience that people have been able to access the star wars universe where they haven't I, i think the last three movies uh mixed i guess um it seemed like the last three movies were more for it's the star wars for people who don't like star wars uh, but okay. Th- uh, it, well, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like if you look at, yeah, uh, the, I know what you mean. if you look at the rotten tomatoes review of the last Jedi, which is quite polarizing among star Wars fans is I would say that star Wars fans hated the movie. They didn't like grumpy yeah. Luke. They didn't like, um, getting a little more into, uh, the politics of war and it, it, it took it to a different space other than, Hey, this is your stereotypical fairy tale. It's good versus evil, right? Wrong. And that's what, that's what my generation who grew up with the original star Wars, that's what we keyed into. And okay, so it, it was, it, it was, a, I would say a good movie, but it didn't feel like the star Wars movie. It felt like a big departure. However, the Mandalorian, it felt Star Wars. It felt very much like this is something that connects with people who are both outside of the Star Wars fan club and inside of the Star Wars fan club. And so I would say the theme is a home run. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really glad it's not Back to the Future, actually. Uh, if they did Back to the Future, they could only do the first movie because the other two are trash. Um, the, the other two should be Saturday Night Live skits. So, um, they I, probably I, are. I, yeah, they kind of, it, it's almost a little parody with uh, Michael J. Fox playing multiple characters. It, it felt a little bit like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, look what we can do. Um, but it, other than the 20 minutes in the future on the second one, the other two parts are completely forgettable. So that, so that's my take on the theme. I, I love the theme. Uh, what, did it surprise you at all? It, it surprised me on some level because I felt this is a home run theme, but they would have had to jump on this really early in the development cycle to, you know, the development cycle takes about 15 months, and that's really in the middle of the first season of the Mandalorian. So that, that surprised me just by the timeline.
0: No, I totally agree. I think that, that I think that's what the hesitation I had too. When when Mandalorian started floating around, I'm like, you guys realize like, I did the math, and it seriously would have been only four episodes in when they gave the green light on the episode or on on the license. Granted, you know, Mandalorian is a huge hit. I just sent you the numbers. I didn't send them to Tim, but I sent them to Scott last week. The Mandalorian rivals. The Office in minutes viewed via streaming, which is insane because Office has 200 episodes. Mandalorian only has 16. That was taken at the end of January around the season finale time. So obviously you're going to have pumped numbers, but still like this TV show is a powerhouse. And the other thing I'm thinking about too is I w- you think of the old TV licenses that they've done, CSI, 24, back in the day they have x files they yes. have yeah game yeah, of thrones but, there's another one yeah. so a lot of the thing with a lot of these themes is i feel like you're trying to capture lightning in a bottle um because you're trying to at least get the success of the tv show during its peak so you're trying to capitalize on while it's hot before it becomes cool right and if you look at these previous licenses there's not anything that just and, and by cool
1: you mean like it's it's old, right? That that was Correct. so last year. Off. That was two it's, years. It's ago. cooled off. Yeah, cooled off. Yeah,
0: and, and you look at these; they're not bad pinball machines. But you go CSI, really X Files. Okay, they're 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 bad pinball machines. I mean, come on, CSI <laughs>
1: and and X Files, they're terrible.
0: <laughs> but the thing with the Mandalorian is, is it's got Star Wars backing it, so it becomes timeless because Star Wars has been relevant for the last forty years. So I think, I think it's a title that will age well where other titles have not that are TV themes.
2: No, I, I agree. And like I stated earlier, it's the first theme that I've ever seen my family go crazy over. And if you remember when the Mandalorian first came out, just those first three or four episodes, people went nuts over baby Yoda. Um, And you know, they, people loved it. I, I feel like it set a record for the most streamed TV show that was specifically made for streaming, I think it's since been broken, but I think it's a timeless, you know, um, theme as well. Anybody that likes Star Wars likes the show. I agree with Scott that it has that old school Star Wars feeling. You know, it it captured my boys because it has stormtroopers and all the fun stuff that Star Wars has in the show my daughter loves uh baby yoda or i think it's rogu or grogu is the rogu, actual name yeah. yeah yeah and i enjoy star wars as well You know, so it it captured my entire family's attention but it's star wars um i think you know every star wars machine has sold probably a, a lot of pinball machines so i agree yeah, so, I and mean, the theme alone is great, but you,
1: you are right in that it is capturing it while it's relevant. And the the fact that even though there are more things coming, I feel that they'll be able to integrate a little more into it, considering the first two seasons are almost kind of a complete set. Like they are mm-hmm. going to have, they, they they've talked about having three more seasons, but it doesn't feel like, You're getting the first six episodes, and then there's so much more. It actually feels like, no, you can get a complete story with this.
0: Well, I'm going to try to point something out really quick that um, I hope is not a spoiler via the pinball machine or the TV show. But if you look at the right sling plastic, Luke Skywalker is on the plastic. So it's all the way through to the very end of season two. Right. Right. So that's why I'm like, what were they just deciding, Hey, we're going to do this. And, uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of boggled by the whole licensing thing. I wish we could get information. I highly doubt they're going to give us any information on, on no. their licensing and how they do it. But I'm like, really like, how did they pull this off? I'm, I'm really wanting to know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting. Cause they're notoriously jealous about their license, uh, Disney slash, uh, star Wars, especially star Wars in that working with their brand and, and I understand when you have a brand that's iconic like that there's a reason why it's iconic is because you're trying to present it in a certain way and that's challenging we all know about the uh, the R2D2 topper that took forever to get out mm-hmm. so you know this will be interesting to see how they were able to work within those constraints if they're able to work within those constraints I will point out as John Favreau did in doing the
2: Mandalorian
1: then you can have a home run.
2: Yeah, do you think that you know the animations will have Luke Skywalker in them? You know, I saw the the sling as well and I thought, oh, they they put Luke Skywalker on there. But I wondered, you know, did they have enough time to incorporate him or some of the other characters in season 2 into the show? Because when I was looking at the artwork, I believe the one lady, um, was kind of missing from the artwork and that could be a licensing thing. I forget the character's name. I think it was, I think it was Kara. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I noticed that she wasn't on there because we just recently watched the the second season again.
1: Yeah. It's, well, we we all know it's challenging, right? It's challenging when you mix, um, when you mix actors' uh, backstories and their personal lives into into something, um, and I'll, I, I, I'm not going to do a, a deep dive into this, uh, I would argue that if you do a deep dive into the personal lives of a lot of actors, there's probably going to be a lot more you don't have in common with them than you do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But to pretend that they're they're public personal life doesn't affect their marketability, I would say is naive. And so I'm not going to dig too much into uh, her story, uh, pros or cons, but I will say that I'm sure that affected how featured she was or was not into the game.
2: Gotcha. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know anything happened with her because (laughs) I don't read the news articles on actors or actresses. For that reason I always tell my my family right. I said I don't I don't want to know about them so yeah
1: but she was a big part of the show and she's not on her at all
0: yeah I, agree.
2: I actually brought it up thinking that they didn't have time to put her in I had no clue so
0: yeah well no what's funny too is like there are like Scott was pointing out there is characters that are far less in the TV series than she is well and Ahsoka. are
1: featured- Ahsoka's Ahsoka. on the le yeah, And she's uh, into, uh, you know, into, and she, I guarantee that spot um originally would have been Cara Dune.
0: Probably. What, what is your feeling? Let's, let's go pro first. What's your feeling on the pro artwork? Okay. Let's
1: talk about the vibe first. This is okay. my question. So it's, uh, this is the Randy Martinez art, which is very in keeping with what, uh, what star Wars wants to show as the the cartoon version, right? You know, yes. there, uh, or the comic version, I guess is what they want to call it. So this is different than having, um, the original star Wars when it had the, you know, the, the hand drawn art, the, I mean, it was very, it was the same poses we were familiar with, but it was very recognizable, um artistic versions of it. So this version versus a comic book style version. So w- what is your preference?
2: I prefer the comic book edition. I don't mind, you know, the the, the hand drawn art that's kind of, you know, from the movie. People like to say it's clip art, but it's not clip art. I don't mind that, but I really enjoy the the comic book look. Um I liked the Star Wars comic art, you know, edition of the pinball machine and I just I enjoy this look. I I was really pleased with with how it turned out. I
0: I concur with Tim. I really like the look of it. I don't know if I like the color scheme as much, but I do think overall I uh, I like this artwork more than the original Star Wars that came out, well, original Stern Star Wars. I feel like this hand-drawn not not sharp sharp edges and stuff like that. I think I like the premium artwork the most. Um I don't really like the pro cabinet. It's kind of goofy in my opinion. But um other than that, I I really think it's it's good looking. I feel like it's very very typical Star Wars. I feel like if you were to take this artwork off of the back glass if you were to take it off of here and put it as a a poster, a Mandalorian movie poster this would would be your typical star wars poster there's there's always all the characters they're in certain poses kind of all fanned out behind each other and that that's what you got with this i feel like it's very very standard for star wars what are your thoughts scott i think it's very marketable
1: um yes and and i know that that's i'm not trying to be insulting but what i am saying is that it feels like a they're, – they're going for a certain feel with it. Um, I actually prefer the, the first Star Wars. I actually like the, uh, the realistic art. Um, I would prefer if you watch the movie – or sorry, uh, the episodes. It actually goes through and it does like concept art which I like it. It's stylized. It's, it's a little different. It's really well done. Um, But they didn't go with that. They went with more of the comic book style. And so, although I think it's very functional, it certainly looks like the Mandalorian. It captures the feel of the Mandalorian, but it's just not the style that I, I prefer. Uh, now, that being said, I like the I like the concept, I like the art. Um I think the the premium cabinet, I do like that that scene is a fun scene.
0: Yeah.
1: Um the the LE is nice because it has the razor crest on it. But and I'm a little disappointed that they went with the the mirrored sides where one side's exactly the same as the other on two of the three of them. Um, I do like the dynamic aspect of the premium, but I think they all are are a solid representation of yeah. the uh, the feel is is correct.
0: Well, and I know that Steve Ritchie kind of alluded this until the last uh, interview that we just did. Um, I just think that it's hard to do artwork for Disney and Star Wars. There's a certain vibe. There's a certain feel. Um, I know that we've had other people on our show that have well, talked yeah, about they, this. This is
1: an open secret, right? And, yeah. and this is fine. They Disney tells you what they want it to look like.
0: And exactly. So I, I Even don't... down to the color. Like they're like right. this isn't the right color. We need it a, a more blue, or they need a less blue, or whatever it is. And and so I guess I guess my expectation of artwork has been lessened because of that. And I don't know if I should expect more. But when it comes to Disney, I just don't expect expect a ton. I guess this always comes back to like Pirates of the Caribbean. The artwork was fine, but the assets were terrible for like movies and stuff like that. So I guess you kind of get what you get and you don't throw a fit, right? With Disney, if you want to play ball, you either play ball with them or they're going to take their their assets and go home. So
1: Right. Right. And I don't mean this to sound, uh, I'm, I'm not being dismissive of the art. I actually, again, I think it's a solid representation um, if you look at the at that to uh, any of the back glasses or the trans lights, okay, now imagine in your mind going into Walmart in the children's section, okay. and can you imagine a t shirt with all of those on there? Yeah, yeah, and so, it, and that's really what I'm trying to say is it feels very marketable for the Mandalorian in that. Okay. A lot of pinball art is very pinball centric. This feels marketing centric.
2: No, I I agree. I'm looking at turtles right now when you said that, and it's a completely different look and feel than the translate. So, Mm -hmm. and the t-shirt example makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. because I could see the premium on a (laughs) t-shirt. I could see about a hundred kids wearing it tomorrow on a t-shirt. Definitely. And and that's not bad, by the way. It's not bad. I'm just saying that.
1: It's just a preference.
0: Well, it's doing its job, though. Like, the whole job of commercial artwork is for you wanting to buy it. Like, I I agree with Tim. Like, you look at this premium. If you if you want to follow along, we're at This Week in Pinball. We're checking out their top article. So long as nothing has switched within the day that we release this. Uh, they did a deep dive, Jeff Patterson. This is a fantastic article. You did a great job. But seriously, like, this... this what is it just the mandalorian i can't remember if he has any other name besides mando well,
1: yeah um okay yeah, mando is short for mandalorian yeah but um i'll i'll look it up i
0: anywho so he's walking away with baby yoda there's explosions in the background there's stormtroopers on one side and the and the you know the dark side and and then his team with boba fett and everyone else on the left side and it just it feels very like you said, you could slap it on a t shirt and you could probably sell it, and the kids would be wearing this at school tomorrow. Oh, that's
1: interesting. I, I just pulled up um IMDb and I know he's got a name, but it just says as um, um, as the,
0: the, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. I know he has a name too. Anywho, so let's let's move on. So I think I think we all agree artwork is is good, um, it might not be perfect. To some, it, it does the job for me.
1: It's a it's I, a preference, right? It, it's just a preference. There's nothing wrong with it. You think, don't have
0: to justify it. In, in my opinion, I think the premium artwork is better than the Pro, which is funny because it's usually vice versa for me. I usually feel like the Pro, for some odd reason, has better artwork than the premium. I guess except for when it came to Avengers. But
2: yeah. I kind of like the Pro Translate better than the premium, but I like the premium cabinet and side art on the back box better
0: so you're telling me you're buying a premium but then you're going to get a pro translate you're going to sneak into stern and get a pro translate
2: i i think the pro i like the pro translate uh, i think yep. it's actually pretty good yep i i told my kids i'm going to try to get a hold of a pro translate and put it on premium well, well honestly they're, they're like 100 the co- bucks That's fine. Yep.
0: the color scheme they match each other it's not like you could take the uh oh, le easily. translate and put anything on on anything else but yeah i guarantee you could take that and slap it on slap it on the premium call it good i don't know i like them both i but i still think i still think i like the premium more i like i don't know cool guys walk away from explosions right
2: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> I, the uh the, now the le it feels like a complete package i like the le it it does feel like an le the the challenge that they're going to have and i understand why they painted it in a silver color because you know that's the best car right yeah. And so it, it's, that's supposed to be the, the exceptionally valuable rare metal that the Mandalorians use. So I understand the the color scheme. It, it feels a little more subdued. It, it feels more like a journey in space as opposed to a dynamic uh, con- conceptual action scene.
0: Except for that right side of that cabinet with him. Oh just yeah, hold on, that turret man. That is cool. Right. Yeah, the <laughs> turret gun. Yeah. But, oh, I, yeah. I,
1: but if you look at the if you look at the side art on this uh, on the premium, I mean, you know, that's the big rescue when all of the the Mandalorians come to to his aid.
0: So, yeah. and that's a good scene too. I mean, it's a, they've it's really, a scene, Yeah, they've really hit some. I love the the child artwork up uh up by. Baby Yoda is him in the cave holding the egg. He's got the worms in a bowl there. I mean, there's just they've captured some of the best moments of the TV series in artwork form in this game, and I, I and I'm, I do applaud them for that.
1: I'm a little surprised Baby Yoda is smaller on the premium, but he's not as featured in the premium as he is on the pro. But uh, yeah, I guess that you're still going
0: to recognize it, right? What well, you have a what is that like an eight ten inch tall oh baby yeah yoda. that's the first thing your eyes gravitate towards yeah. like, what, what's baby yoda doing back it's there a, yeah it's a creature trying to escape from the pinball machine yeah even with his hand out he's like please save
1: me from under this glass yeah <laughs> it kind of looked like statue of liberty a little bit but kind yeah.
0: of okay all right well, let's talk about some of the features of this game let's let's talk layout um I feel like this layout is very unique. One thing I did say to Scott, I, I I don't think I told this to you, Tim, but I feel like this is going to be a very fast game uh, just because the right side of the play field is a lot closer. It's at least, mm, it's it's probably about a third of the way from the back of the play field.
1: Well, it's just past halfway. So it's, yes. it's usually a lot of shots are really in the back third of the play field. But mm-hmm. it, these feel like they're about two inches closer.
0: Definitely. And I feel like that left side is going to be your safe shots. And then I feel like the right side is going to be the thing that tests you. And so yeah. I, th- I I think this game looks like it has some really good shots. Uh, I don't know if this uh, tilting play field's ever done be- been done before. But w- before we move on to that, w- what are your guys' thoughts on the shots?
2: I, I think it has some really nice shots I think that right ramp looks really tight you know that's that's the only shot that looks like it would be super difficult I kind of like those they call it a horseshoe ramp but mm-hmm. I, I always call it a flip-up ramp you know on the right side as well I I kind of like those they have a couple on Jurassic Park um, I've, I've grown I think they have one on Zeppelin I've grown to really like those um, the, the longer ramps that feed the left and the right out lane seem to be longer shots, so I don't know how fast those will play. But I agree um, with you, Josh. It's, it's kind of a unique layout. Um, it has that kind of inner loop that I guess that's supposed to uh, unlock that flip-up horseshoe ramp. But I think you're right where the left side is going to be the safe side course that's where the two pops are i think there are two pops there yep. and i think your right side you know i think if you don't make the shot you might pay for it just based on looking at the layout and i'm curious to really see in person how that how the the ship shot works i, I you know it looks like it has a target that rises up and opens up a shot to a back ramp so mm-hmm. i'm curious to see how hard that shot will be to hit because i can't tell from the pictures how wide of a gap that is once you you know open up that shot but i think it's really really cool um i think i'm counting three or four ramps i like ramps a lot so you know it it really seems to be like it's going to be a fun and fast game to shoot
0: well the one thing that i'm having a hard time looking for too is is like you're saying with the razor crest it it states that if you hit that shot so many times then it it makes a multi-ball ready and it raises the center ramp, and so I don't know if that is the uh, exactly what the center ramp is. if if it's that horseshoe you're talking about, then then turns into an actual like a U turn. I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. Hey, anyway, sorry, I cut you off, Scott. Go for it.
1: Oh, I, I'm trying to find where that re- reversey ramp, the one that uh, the goes inverted. Where is that?
0: Oh, it is right so there in the, the middle. It's so on the premium is. Of my instrument. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the
1: straight up the middle one yep yeah, yeah okay, not straight it. up
0: the middle so no. you see razor crest yeah look to the okay. right of it to the right with the it's got the red lamp, the red lamp on top of it okay if you're looking on the premium or the le oh okay gotcha okay got it I think this is gonna feel kind of like Elvira maybe like Pirates of the Caribbean just i'm I'm relating shots I can think of to play fields that are similar to this that that you know the longer left side the closer right side Anywho.
1: Are you concerned about two flippers only? No. (laughs) Okay. Now I I will say that uh, this is what I initially thought when I saw it, and it's probably just because I owned the game. I thought, okay, what's that upper right thing? I hope that thing's more fun than Shrek's was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in, in those flippers, is it more of a, a gimmick thing or is this going to feel different? Um, a lot of those things, I, I it feels a little bit like a, a variation on Congo, which isn't necessarily bad, but you know, with Amy under the playfield and you just hit the buttons until you hit all the lights. So it'll be interesting because those are full-size flippers. I don't know how the the invertedness of the play field if that's going to change
0: it does yes it will actually so my understanding is is it's based off a difficulty so um i'm
1: just wondering how much that'll affect it like oh gotcha that doesn't really um you know that doesn't really do much different but who knows maybe it will um yeah i i do like the it seems sweepy uh, I don't know a better way of saying it, but if you look at the shots on the right, they really flow deep. Uh, sorry, from the right flipper, uh, f- right to the left. They flow deep. It feels like they're going a, a long way away from the play field. Yeah. Um, you're right. I think the left side, uh, if you look at from the left uh, flipper, sorry, that I, I'm, I'm reversing a little bit, but the, the right side of the play field, that does look like the more brutal side of the play field. So it it certainly looks fun. Do you think it looks overcrowded?
0: Um, because I don't th- think so. That
1: can be a problem, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Houdini is you could fault Houdini with that problem. Yeah, and I would too many shots and not enough space.
1: I would say turtles with the glider. I I would say my glider it does get a little bit in the way of my visualizing the shots. You have that yep. giant
0: Razor Crest in the middle. I hadn't thought about that. But I think the razor, razor Crest, you could probably take off too if you needed to.
1: Sure, but I I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just shoot, You're projecting. shooting here, just just wondering. Yep.
0: Um, Now that I got thinking, now I'm looking at this a little bit more, the left side, there are some closer shots as well, like the actual mode hole where, um, oh, I can't remember his name either. Good crimey. I'm a terrible fan Carl, of Carl mode. Weathers. Yeah, Carl yeah, Weathers. Carl
1: Weathers, yeah. Apollo <laughs>
0: Creed. Yep. If you shoot if you shoot his shot, that's fairly close. And then I guess the ramp is close as well on the left side, but it's it looks like it's wide, so it shouldn't be too terrible to hit. Um I don't know. I I, th- I think all in all, I think this is gonna shoot fun.
1: So. Yeah, I, I'm certainly looking forward to it.
0: So I got thinking, I was like, this is really random. The the Mandalorian head, I know we've touched on this a couple times, so I really want to focus on this. I thought it was really random because many play fields usually there's people kind of complain about them because I don't know, they slow down the flow. Uh, if if you have the right size ball, it feels too small. If you have the the smaller size ball, it feels too floaty and too gimmicky. I think it's interesting because I'm like, well, what the heck is this about? You know, you read the deep dive. And it sounds like there's encounters. Obviously, in the movie, the Mandalorian encounters a lot of people. And so there's going to be different encounters. And based on the difficulty of the level, you're going to have to finish the Mandalorian helmet to finish that encounter, right? Mm-hmm. But then it got I got thinking about it. I'm like, Brian, Eddy's notorious for having uh, modes where you have to finish. Oh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? I almost want to call it a boss fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it's attack from Mars. You've, you've got to finish the ship. It's, uh, it's medieval madness. You've got to destroy the castle. These encounters feel very Brian Eddie esque to me because of that reason. It's like, Oh, well you're going to have to finish this encounter and then you'll be able to then move on to the next one. So I, at first I was like, I don't know if I like it, but now I've gotten thinking more and more about it. I think it's a really cool concept and, if it's integrated really well into the game, I think it will be fun. I understand people are concerned that like the ball is going to slow down, but I'm not too worried about that just because like Jurassic Park, the ball stops and in Avengers, the ball stops and I don't tend to notice it as much just because there's moments in the game. So I think so long as this game is coded properly, I think you're not going to notice when the ball diverts to the helmet and the helmet's adjusting to where it needs to be for your difficulty. And I don't know what are you guys' thoughts.
1: It, it's fine. You want to change the speed of the ball. Yeah. Uh, if you have a play field that has uncontrolled speed, then the ball becomes a little out of control. Uh, one of the genius moves that uh, that Keith Elwin did with the um, the ramp up on um, Avengers is that it actually controls the speed. And so you can hit the repeatable shots um but most of the time when you hit a you know it's it's like the warp ramp on star trek or something there's only yeah. so many times you can hit it before it just is too fast and it gets out of control so i i i like being able to have some controlled shots even on the upper side of the playfield
2: yeah when when i looked at this i'm an upper playfield guy i really enjoy upper playfields you know i am not a i'm a black knight sort of rage premium guy you know, the pro is too fast for me. So when I looked at this, I really enjoyed it. But once it slows the game down, it feels like once the ball is in in the helmet, it's going to be really fast up there. Like you're yeah. going to, you know, it's going to, the, the targets are so close. And I don't know how powerful those flippers are, if they'll have like a shorter end of stroke switch. But because they're full-size flippers, but I thought, man, that's going to be a little bit it, crazy up there. And it they sounds like the, – They
1: can't be full power. They can't yeah, be.
2: They can't, yeah. But it sounds like it's going to you know, be involved in an encounter that's going to show something on the screen. So I thought, okay, I like upper playfields. I didn't know if I would like this one, but I, I watched a little of the, the video and I, I read the Twip article. And I thought that's kind of going to – it's going to be kind of cool – I like it, you know. I like looking at it, but then the second thing I always think of is, are my guests going to like it? Because I prefer a pinball machine to be more of, um, I play for the experience and I play to get through the modes and enjoy the game, I don't play for points, even though I send you guys my points sometimes because it just happens (laughs) that I get some big points along the way, but I immediately thought, are my guests going to like this? And is it going to be too fast for them if the ball is bouncing off of their targets? But I think they'll like it, you know. So I think it'll, with the encounters, I think it'll integrate into the Star Wars theme very well. I agree.
0: Well, it's funny too, if you watch the premium video, it kind of shows it off a little bit more. And when it's not as steep, it seems like they can keep the ball up there for 10, 15 seconds. Maybe it's not that long because the video is not that long but it felt like they could hit the shots a little bit better. But when it goes that super steep, like the hardest difficulty you watched, it, it's, they had to like show it like three or four different times because they only make like one or two shots and then it drains out instantly. So I hope, I hope it's not a common thing to get to the steep, the steepest level, because I think you'll get frustrated with the fact of like you, you've you hit a, you've hit your two shots and then you drain out. So you've got to then qualify the helmet again so you can get it up on the helmet to make two shots. You know what I'm saying? It becomes a wood chopping thing, and it just gets frustrating.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I I, I agree. It, it, I'm I'm always concerned that a feature overpowers uh in difficulty. Uh, you're and you're right, Tim. I I was a little surprised, and I said this before that my brother was over at the house after I had Avengers, and I'd been playing it a lot. And I asked him, "Hey, how, how'd you like it?" Because he came over and stayed at my house while I was out of town. And I said, "How'd you like Avengers?" He's like, "I." Couldn't really figure out how to start it or or do things on it, and I was like, "Huh, that's really interesting because that's different than what I would have thought." But uh, yeah, and, and there's a reason why I have like Attack from Mars. There's a reason why I have Medieval Madness because they're easy to understand games, so I yeah. I do like that. And the as the complexity of the new games comes out, I do con- I, I am concerned that the the casual player that comes over is not
0: going to like it so speaking of other people cuz i've got a world cup soccer i know that you've got attack from mars um tim what what's the game that usually people go to first for you is it guns and roses
2: stranger things nine stranger out of
0: things.
1: 10 times um, okay okay but I mean, and that's basically attack from mars i mean it, yeah. it's the same game so i i totally understand that
0: i was going to say when i think of these games i think of There's something easy that people can see that go, wow. Like on Attack from Mars, it's shooting the ship. On World Cup Soccer, it's shooting past the goalie and making it a
2: goal. Stranger Things, you hit the Demogorgon in the middle. Oh, yes. And you follow the lights. It's it's easy and it's a nice theme. So everybody goes to that game first every time. Mm
0: -hmm. My only concern with this game, I know the very first thing people are going to see, and I guarantee no one's going to argue with me on this, is the second you see this pinball machine, you see this baby Yoda or Grogu or whatever you want to, I guess that's his official name, or the child. He's in the back left and he's static, which is fine. But do you feel like they kind of downplayed him in the game of what it could have been?
2: Yeah. It would be nice to hear kind of the how baby Yoda evolved Because when I saw the Stranger Things Premium and how they locked the balls on the back of the the playfield and it was a Brian Eddy game, I immediately thought there's going to be a magnet in Mandalorian as as soon as I heard it. And I had some conversations about it. And I didn't think, I don't expect a lot with pinball machines because it's very mechanical and things break and you have to reuse parts, right? You don't, I'm guessing they don't want to make something where they can't find you know get the part manufactured in you know 5 years but i yeah. thought that there would be something where a ball ended up in his hand and the magnet is below and i saw you know you see like 5 seconds of the magnet so you don't know what what happens but i fully expected something to involve yoda and i simply thought it would just be his hand whether the ball landed on his hand or it picked it up off of the ramp or a post you know that stopped it on a ramp but it doesn't bother me um one bit you know i still um we're buying the game for my family but i did expect exactly what you said i expected yoda to do something
0: yeah and and i've heard that's what i've heard across everything is baby yoda eating a ball or baby yoda even having the head move a little bit like what you would have on simpsons pinball party and not necessarily having the magnet back by him but maybe having it in the play field and you know him raising his hand and stopping the ball in the middle of the play field front and center i, I feel like also the stopping the ball back by him i don't it, be, it becomes that like line of sight thing that scott was talking about with the razor crest i hope people can see that back there too but i don't know I, i'm happy with the model. I think. Honestly, out of any of the toys that Stern has done, this one looks fantastic. It really looks lifelike, in my opinion. Like, well, it's, it's lifelike as you can make a. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> a baby Yoda.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Your and thoughts, it exists in the pro. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's the cool part, too. It's it's in the pro. You know, people complained about Avengers in the, uh, as they, what do they call it? The, 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 the handmade the, the, rubber the dishwasher glove.
1: glove? The, yeah. The, yeah, the palm olive glove. Yeah,
0: this is totally opposite of that.
1: But it, it's an excellent sculpt. Um, I, I always worry about real estate in games, and it's a big sculpt. So, if you take it out, is it taking out of possible shots? Um, it's certainly eye catching. But if you look at Avengers, the uh, you know the dish glove, it's it's kind of hidden back there, and it it doesn't really uh, get in your face on uh, obstructing the play. Um, but he's you know he's kind of tucked up in there, and so I, I just hope that it's not too big. That's the only thing I was thinking. He seems kind of over overbearing. You're hoping they didn't compromise play-filled shots for marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's from, it's
1: marketing, right? You look over there and you're like, "Hey, baby Yoda."
0: Yep, I guarantee this game out on any location, someone's going to stop and look at that baby Yoda. Oh, sure, like they're yeah. they're going to stop and go. Wait, is that baby Yoda? Like, <laughs> no, that's absolutely.
1: just how it is. It, it's it's perfect. Um, yeah, so I I think that it it certainly is is out there. So. Okay. Um, okay. I want to talk about uh, accessories now. So uh, I know this is probably a little off. Of course inside, you but do, s- Topper man. Yeah. Hey, they don't. They didn't show the topper.
0: Anyone disappointed by that? I was not shocked by that. I'm waiting for a uh, wh- for, for the keyboard. An
1: R2D2. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where, where's the guy that said Where's the Where's the Star Wars topper? Oh, where's the, the, the Mandalorian topper. topper? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that guy. Oh, every <laughs> single thread.
1: Where's the topper? Okay. You know it's coming. Any of the any of these things uh, interest you. So it looks like they have alternative um, armor. So you can get the armor with his gun, whatever that's called. Yep. Um, you can also get the shooter rod, which looks like that little steel knob thing. Um, and then you can get the. Let's see, what's the other things? Uh, you can get the now. They did this with Jurassic park where the art blades that you can buy are different than the LE. So we'll talk about that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we all know there's a topper coming. We don't know what it is, but uh, any of those things interest you. Cause I, I know there's one thing I do want to talk about, but I want to see what you guys say.
0: I think the gun armor stuff is really awesome.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if I'd buy it, but I think, I think it really. The problem is though, if you put this in a lineup, how much of it's going to be, yeah, buried, buried. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what stood out to me.
2: Okay, I like, I like side blades. I never did, but then I purchased a set for one of my machines, and I thought, oh, those are kind of cool. I'm not a huge fan of the the heads on the side blades. I like more of, you know, like Jurassic Park. You had like different scenes on the sides, but these are characters on the side. So I don't know if I'm crazy about it. I do like the gun, but for the same reason, I I don't buy armor because it sits between my machines and nobody sees it. And there's a topper coming and I might have ordered it already. So I at least put myself on the waiting list for it. I shouldn't say
1: I haven't ordered it. Okay, I am I am in the camp. Uh, I am pro topper. Um, I actually just got the Led Zeppelin topper, and by the way, in person, it looks really cool. <laughs> so, I was on the fence on that one, and it's cool with the lights. Um, so keep that in mind, uh, topper topper fans. Um, the Art Blades really not a fan. Um, th- there's a big difference. It seems like with the the LED and the premium and the premium on Jurassic Park also, they were significantly different. And I'm not going to say inferior, but they it is a completely different vibe. With Jurassic Park, they had the giant eyeballs, right? And with um, with this, you don't have the environmental art blades. You get um, the Mount Rushmore of bad guys, right? Yep. yep. Um, so if I were to get art blades for this, I would have to consider getting like, um, like an aftermarket one. Yeah.
2: Tilt graphics usually has really nice. Yeah, they
1: do. And and it's kind of sad because I like the, I like having the continuity of having the same artist do it. Yep. And so on, on turtles, I bought the, you know, I bought the, the zombie Yeti ones because I like the, the continuity of it, but i will not I, I my style i'm not interested in the mount rushmore's watching uh as the art blades i think they they won't sell that many of those i don't think
2: yeah, yeah. i agree and turtles was a scene i have i have mm-hmm. the turtle blades as well and it was a scene that integrated into the play field so you're yeah.
1: absolutely right so I, I i i think this was a this was a miss to have just the faces but who knows, Matt, maybe uh, I could be in the minority just like I'm in the minority and the in the art direction style. But uh, I would like to have more of an environmental feel like they have in the LE. I don't
0: know. I think and this is just me. I'm not a fan of the shooter knob.
1: It's, it's fine. It, it's yeah, I, I, I bought the Jurassic Park one because it's cool. It, it, it oh, illuminates, yeah. right? It's that
0: thing it's, is awesome.
1: It's, and it's totally cosmetic. I totally get how, how ridiculous it is, but it's cool. Right. Um, and uh, okay. So tonight I had uh, a church group over and they brought the 14 year olds and it was kind of fun because we were, I, I, I asked how many people have played a pinball machine and one person raised their hand and it was really interesting and, and went through. And, and of course, uh, w- what questions always come up when you have people come over? It's always they still the make these? Yeah, they they still make these and then how much do they cost? Bingo, yep. bingo. That, <laughs> th- those are A and B, right? And so in that I, order usually too. Yeah, usually, yeah. They still make these. Yep. How much do they cost? And so I I went through my lineup and I said, Well, okay. Uh this is Black Rose. This is the, the cheapest one I have in my lineup. It's probably between twenty five hundred and three thousand now. And then I talked about other ones like the Stern Pirates of the Caribbean, which Tim is a proud owner of. Um, and uh, Spider-Man I was like, yeah, these are probably around 5,500. And then I pointed to some of the premiums I have. And I was like, well, these are probably about 7,000, 7,500. And then I said, and there's some LEs, which are right about 9,500, right? And it's, it's just interesting when you, when you, point out those things that it's such a, a weird thing but my friend who came over and brought the kids uh, I said well you can get different things and he said yeah but I think the topper is really cool <laughs> he's like I like the bells and whistles I think it looks really cool and so I said exactly that's why I bought them because I think it's it's fun to come down and you're getting an environment you're you, you, that's why I have a a two and a half foot tall Mario in my basement. Because yeah, it's it, it's a total dumb thing that I bought that is just fun. I smile every time I see him, and I have an M M&M and M that's the same size too. So, just stuff like that. But with the, you know, uh, with, with the Mount Rushmore, I wasn't a big fan. the The shooter ball, I and mean, it's cool if you really want that. I I don't know. It it, it didn't. I I know it's it's appropriate for the theme but um, it's probably not something I would get the side art, it, the side blades or whatever the side armor. I think it's great. Um, and if you want to buy it, then that's a good, good thing to, to buy. But you're right. It's on the side of the game and you're not going to see it much. And so unless you're really into it, then uh, it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a must buy, but I'm with Tim though. I said, I, I texted Zach and I said, uh, I want a premium and I want a topper, So I'm a topper guy.
2: Yep, me too. We actually just got the Stranger Things topper a few weeks ago. That's a cool and, looking topper. That made yep. me want to buy the game, actually. Yep, yeah, and um, my my wife made me get the the shooter knob as well. So the game looks beautiful, and it it, it really is a nice topper in person. I really uh, we're glad we bought it. Yeah, and the and I
1: think the blacklight mode. So there are things that I think, wow, that is a really upgrade to the game i think the topper on stranger things is one i think the black light mod is one of them um, with led zeppelin um i i okay i'll point this out too i was a little disappointed that they didn't integrate some some side uh lights that, like they have in led zeppelin and i know it's not a music uh thing but those lights are really cool in led zeppelin yeah
2: yeah yeah i would i would have liked to have seen those as well but Scott, I I don't know if you know this. Stepping back, you had said you had the Mario between my pinball machines. I have a train layout, so I like the the neat stuff in the game room. So a, a
1: train layout. Okay, you'll yeah. have to send me a picture of that because my son is huge into trains, and I have been trying to find ways of of having him enjoy that. But I I can't have him have an entire room full of like model trains where. Like you have the whole layout. Right? It, it's a huge hobby <laughs> and it's got, okay. I know, I know it's ironic when I collect pinball machines, but I'm like, and that's a really expensive hobby for a, a it's, cheaper, so. it's, it, it's cheaper
2: though. It's it's cheaper. Yeah. You could put the trains around the top of your, your game room. So.
1: Uh, actually. Okay. Every time my kids go to a restaurant where there's a, there's a train that cycles,
2: people are like, we should totally do that. I'm like,
1: yeah, dad can't do that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I will send you a video because I have three pinball machines, a train layout in the middle, and three pinball machines on the other side.
1: Okay, that's good to know.
2: Yep. Okay, back to Josh.
1: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) are you buying any of these accessories?
0: No, I'm. I'm not. I I'm one of those guys. I don't know. I like to play the game. When I'm done with it, it moves on. The next thing comes into the collection. I'm kind of that person that I just don't bling stuff out because um, I just don't. <laughs> mm. I just, yeah,
1: yeah. You're you're not all about the eye candy.
0: No, no, I'm not about the toppers. I I guess I'm more about the play of the game than I am the the looks of the game. You're, you're a <laughs> hardcore gamer.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: don't know about that, but uh, my 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 last thought about Mandalorian. I think we've kind of covered everything: artwork, uh, what shots, functions in the game, accessories. My one thought is, um you own a star or star wars a stranger's thing tim do you feel like if this game came out before stranger things do you think that brian eddie would have been received better because if you remember when stranger things came out it was very por- polarized and granted this game isn't 100 percent like everyone says it's a win
2: well i i do think that if mandalorian came out first You know, it would have been received much better than Stranger Things. You know, people would have been, you know, saying, Brian Eddy's back and, you know, he's awesome and he never lost it. And I I think he unfairly got a bad rap with Stranger Things because I tell everybody that it's a fun game. It's not my favorite game. It's middle of the road in my collection, but it attracts the most people. And I just played it tonight before I got on here. And it's a fun game. And it's the oldest game in my collection. But to to your point, if Mandalorian came out first, I think he would have gotten a much warmer um, reception. But it's interesting now. Stranger Things is starting to get popular. And I think with this game, you're going to see... Brian, Eddie get popular. So people might go back and say, Hey, I like this game. Let's go buy his other game, you know, stranger things, you know, it might rise. It might raise both of their popularity. I don't know, but I think this, it looks like a really good game. It's different from anything he's done. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like shadow. It doesn't look like stranger things, but I, I think he, you know, that was a long winded answer to, yeah, I think that it would, he, it would have been received differently.
0: I think you're right as well. I think that it it really would have been a good entry point. Granted, Mandalorian Pride may exist back when Stranger Things was released uh, no, from a Lance's lanc- licensing standpoint, but could have been thought, One. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. What are your thoughts, Scott? Do you think it would have been good for Eddie to release something layout design wise like this r- instead of Stranger Things?
1: The challenge with Stranger Things is that. It's been done. I, it, it felt like a re a reskin. Um, if you look at attack from, see, I have attack from Mars. I love attack from Mars. Um, and it's not going out of my collection anytime soon. But the, I, when people saw stranger things, they reacted as if, Hey, you liked family guy, right? Here's Shrek. And it felt it felt like a reskin. And so that's really where the disappointment was when people were crestfallen. It's not that they don't think he's a good designer. They just wondered if he had anything else other than a, a perfected fan layout, which is, which is what both of his excellent games are, Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. They are per- perfected fan layouts. And they are different enough that I have them both but they're also similar enough that I think people said, "Really, this again?" I, that's the challenge with with that is that people wanted more, and it felt uh, it felt like a very safe thing, and probably
0: safe to a fault. So what do you what do you? I guess what were we taking away from Mandalorian? Obviously, we must all like it. I've got one on order. You've got one on order. Tim's got one on order.
1: You, you're, uh, you're getting the. We're all getting the premium
0: yeah we're all getting the premium so obviously we see something in the mini play field and the magnet and the moving
2: ramp um and it is my first premium so uh, oh really for you yep. yep i've always gone pro so i went premium this time
0: i, I thought you had the stranger things pr- uh, premium for some odd reason
2: nope pro yep
0: dang this will be my second premium I, I was more of a pro guy as well, but I think the problem is, is uh, how did someone put it? Stern is starting to differentiate between the pro and the premium a lot better, so it makes you feel like you're missing out if you don't get the premium.
1: Yeah, that, um, that's that's my th- feel, is that these are they're home games for me. And I understand that $1,600 is a jump. I mean, however, I look at a game and I think... I kind of wish I had that one cool feature. Yeah. So it, it's it. I don't know. I I I was I was going back and forth with my friend who's another uh, collector, and I said I was trying to figure out on on like turtles, and he said, "Hey, when you buy a car, do you get other seats?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Okay, get the premium, because <laughs> it does, it functionality is exactly the same, right?" But there's yeah. something nice about paying for the the leather seats,
0: so that's why the I, functionality I... is not the same. I have twins, and the functionality yeah. between cloth and leather is entirely different. yeah <laughs> okay and, and,
1: no, and that's fair and however, when we bought uh sofas, we bought the leather because they actually held hold up really well to abuse. yeah so. But I, what I'm saying is, you know, it'll still, it still get you there. Right. Yep. So yeah, no, I, I'm a fan. I I'm super excited. I, this is a, a perfect theme. Um, I think this is a great one for Eddie to, uh, I guess re- reboot. Uh, this is his, uh, this is kind of a, a reboot. Okay. Uh, you put out stranger things. It wasn't received super well. Let's see what else you can do. And I would say this is a solid, this looks to be a solid effort with a solid theme and Dwight on code. uh, We, we were beta testers for turtles and I think we'll be beta testers again. So I think this is a a good opportunity to, to look at what Dwight does and Dwight. um, This is a plus and a minus is that he's not afraid to take risks on, on coding. So It'll be interesting to see. Uh, do you get a, a Star Wars complexity of a code or do you get a monsters version? I think you're probably going to get something in between.
0: This is I me was guessing. Sli- I was slightly nervous just because I loved a white code, but because he did the original Star Wars, I was nervous that people would be like, oh crap, like we're just going to have Star Wars 2.0. Yeah, the multiplier,
1: the 40 multiplier, which no one ever played. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, he he gets unfairly criticized um but he is passionate and he has uh, he is willing to try something uh i i think this will be actually a pretty safe coding experience just because the theme is something that's going to sell a boatload and so you're going to have to find that middle
0: ground between too easy and too hard yep i agree i think and I think the thing about Eddie, because obviously he's going to be having his input on code as well because he had with his other games. I think that you're going to start off easy and you're going to progress into harder and harder, just like you do with Keith L1 games. Um, the first thing's usually pretty easy. The first one's free, right? Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah. The, the, you have the, well, and what does Keith say? You have the gimme ball, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, that, and that's yeah, going to be e- that with Razor Crest, ca- razor especially with a shot right up the middle.
1: Right. Well, that could also be a dead shot. You know what? That reminds me of the swinging bell in ACDC.
0: Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah.
1: Just enough to slow the ball down. But I mean, can you imagine if a stand-up target were there? Oh, man, that would kill you. But
0: it looks like it's weighted just enough to slow it down. So all in all, I think we're we're happy with the result, right? Yeah, I think it was great. Well, I think that does it for Mandalorian tell, uh, the reveal, the, the official live stream reveal of the premium is the, uh, it's in 10 days. So it's, is it the 20, 21st, somewhere around there? Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. I've got
1: it here. I, I actually, I really wish Stern would just have something taped. I, I don't really see a, yeah. the need to have an interactive, uh, session, but, who knows? I am also not in marketing, so do not take my words on marketing. <laughs> maybe maybe there is something to be said about, hey, uh, I can hop in and I can interact and ask questions. So uh, but I would be totally fine with them having a, a recorded sessions like, hey, this is the tutorial for this. Do this, do this, do this. And this is how you yeah. progress in the game. But
0: I do wish they would have something similar to that. It's something a little longer than the three minute video, something showing the game in action and not all chopped up like and that's the one thing like granted stern knows how to do the marketing it's not me but like the one thing that was driving me nuts about the videos is you're watching them and then it would cut in a scene from the the tv series which is great like if that's going to be the the actual back the animations and stuff then fine but like i want to see the pinball machine like you the game reveal trailer was a minute and 12 seconds. And you showed me the pro and the premium and 20 seconds of it was at least footage from the TV series. Like if I, if I'm only getting a minute, I want it to be of all that pinball machine, but Hey, I'm not the marketing guy. So yeah, Zach knows what he's doing. Keep up the good work, man. Let's move on from Mandalorian. Let's talk Steve Ritchie. I know that Tim reached out to me. I don't know if he talked to you, Scott, but Tim, what was your thoughts on the, the Ritchie episode?
2: honestly it was one of the the my favorite interviews that you guys had on your show i just enjoyed it i mean there was no real special reason why you know steve is kind of an animated character you know he likes to you know do the voices and so forth as he talks you know i liked i liked the fact that he just said he was you know kind of tired of doing (laughs) licensing and did another you know, Black Knight sort of rage, and he, I enjoyed that he you know brought some you know some folks into his office and talked about them, and you know I enjoyed that he kept giving other people credit you know for things that you know that, that had gone on in some of the games, and he gave you just a little bit of you know what went into the games and how things were developed, but overall he's just a he's just a nice animated guy, and I he was working in the yard and thoroughly enjoyed the the interview.
0: See, and it's funny because I had a fair amount of people reach out and said this was their favorite interview, and maybe it was. I was I was confused, and the reason being was is I saw how much editing I had. To, we had to do a Steve Ritchie. There, there was a lot of work that went into that interview because Steve has a hard time hearing, and he alluded that to that in the in the interview itself. And we had to do like a Zoom type conference call so he could read our lips, and I was on a computer that did not have a webcam and so
1: <laughs> it, it's kind of scott it's scott heavy because he could see my lips because i was no, on a video thing so
0: well i don't know if it's that but like some people are like they messaged me like what what was the secrets that steve was giving out why did you have to edit like you can clearly tell oh. there's this spot and this spot or edit what did he say there and i'm like you want to be you want me to be 100 percent honest like he was just having a hard time hearing. So a lot of it's like what? rephrasing the question and, and then having Scott say it so that way he can read Scott's lips and then me saying the question again so it sounds better. And then there was times where, where Steve, someone would come into his office or there'd be a random tangent and I had to edit that out. And so... You know, Steve's like, well, I mean, John Rothamel. we left that part in, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, it there was were like no that. secrets.
1: There, there were no secrets from certain. This was us trying to, to skinny it down to a, a better uh, palatable uh, episode. But yeah. Uh, but, but even he, like
0: people at Stern reached out to us and said, what did he say? I was like, yeah. nothing.
1: No, he, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Like we don't, we don't do the gotcha journalism. We're not that kind of, <laughs> we're not that kind of show. <laughs>
0: So it was fun, but it seriously, it was the most edited episode I've ever done,
1: but okay. I I will say it's nice to see Steve because Steve is a genuine guy. He is genuinely interested in pinball and he is genuinely interested in interacting with people. So he likes being Steve Ritchie. He does. So it's, uh, (laughs) It, it, it was fun. Um, I, I got uh, I got a little bit of a, a pushback when I said that uh, Street Fighter wasn't being made anymore. Okay, I know they're still being made. Um, but I, I would say that, I would say the relevance. How dare you? I know. How I, 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 I've always said I prefer Street Fighter over Mortal Kombat. I, I actually yeah. think Mortal Kombat is too gory for me. Um, Like, especially the latest ones. They're, they're really over the top but it seems that there's, there's an appetite for more of that. So I tend to see it more pushed more, but uh, I could be wrong, but again, I'm not much of a video game player anymore. So, but e- either way, it was a fun interview and uh, it really was, it, it, it's, it felt like it was a behind the curtain on uh, Steve Ritchie. So it, it was just, yep. he was a genuine guy.
0: Well, it was nice to talk about the William days. I can't remember if it made it in or not, but he did talk about, it did. He talked about still going past Williams every once in a while and just kind of seeing the building and, and remembering some of the things that happened there. And the the, the glory days, because that, that's a lot of where his pinball career started and, and took place.
1: All right, so we're all fired up for the Mandalorian, and it uh, looks like we were in, we were impressed enough to all uh, get on, on the premium. Were either of you tempted on the LE?
0: Okay, the LE is insanity. What is going on with this, by the way? Like, I know we're running out of, well, not running out of time, but it's time to start wrapping this up, but, like, can we just talk about the LE insanity for just, just a couple minutes?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, you see it with almost every LE um this is this is one of those where it's a hot theme and the it it's impressive. So now will I buy an I've bought Ellies. I and I have a Jurassic Park Ellie. I have the Avengers Ellie. I um I don't know. I actually preferred the premium art package on this, and I also need to I need to start a little more of Josh's attitude of of love them for a while and then move them on because I can't collect every single machine. Like not every machine can be a, a forever machine. It feels easier for me to let like go of a premium than an LE. So that's why I bought a premium.
0: But is it insanity? Like I was talking to one, I've been talking to a couple different distributors and they said that the LE, as soon as people mentioned the Mandalorian, like that it could be the theme like a month ago, distributors have had lists that are 50 plus people for almost a month now. Like these were sold out before even it was officially announced. This is ridiculous. Like this is, and it's even more ridiculous that like distributors are starting to sell that, like the one that was auctioning them off. Like he wants everyone to have the opportunity to buy one of these. Uh, so uh,
1: Okay. Okay. So let's talk about that. Cause I actually did go a little back and forth on this cause someone posted on this and I actually, Okay. I, I will say i'm not a fan however i would say that this is the uh, so, uh, um this is supply and demand where i agree the the msrp is the suggested retail price and i know the caveat is and and taylor Reese friend of the show uh from this flipping podcast he pointed out he's like i said like this is this is a free market and they're they're charging what the market allows. And he's like, well, he didn't agree so much that it was a free market since they had a set basement price, which, which I'll, I'll agree, okay, that, that, that is the caveat. But if you have a concert, so for example, we just bought tickets to Jim Gaffigan, okay? And nice. there was a, uh, my wife went to a reseller price at first, and she's like, "Man, these seem crazy prices," but they were selling them for four hundred dollars. Okay.
0: Dang.
1: Uh, however, the we bought them, and they were I don't know, they were like seventy or eighty or something like that, right? But if we wanted the premium seats, that would have been two fifty. Well, if the reseller price is able to buy a ticket for fifty dollars, but resell it at one hundred fifty dollars, then that tells me. Uh, maybe Jim Gaffigan should be selling the ticket for $150. Yeah. So it's this weird kind of give and take where I don't necessarily love that the market, that there's so much demand and it drives the prices up. But on the flip side, there is so much demand. Like if I had a machine, would I say, well, I, I'd like to like, I'm going to sell it to you. Cause that's the, that's the MSRP. But this other guy wants to pay me $500 more. And so what's the difference if I sell it to you for that? And then you're like, hey, I, I got a Mandalorian here. New in box. Who wants to buy it?
0: I get I, that. But I was thinking also like.
1: Make a thousand L.E.s?
0: <laughs> make well, 1,500?
1: No, I, I, I don't people know. Were,
0: people were saying this was coming. People were saying, you know, distributors are going to start doing this because this is what happens in other markets. But I got thinking about they've already done it. And, and granted, Beatles was a different beast. Yeah, but, but wasn't the, that the exact same thing? Exactly. Like they, yep. they had the base, they had the premium, and then the the limited edition no, was... No, they didn't have
1: the base and premium. They had a premium, so they had the gold edition, they had the platinum edition, and the diamond edition.
0: So I was trying to make it more relatable to the listener. Because, oh, right, okay.
1: Know. No, but but I'm saying they basically had the entry level, which was a premium, and and then they had a deluxe and a super deluxe,
0: but with the super deluxe, Stern never gave out a price on those. They with just the, said it's with a few
1: with the platinum either.
0: Was the How, platinum as well?
1: Yeah, it was the it was as well. What you did is you bought. You were committed to buy. I think it was fourteen games. You had ten golds, uh, three, um, um, three of the, uh, um, platinum and you got one diamond and you paid the same price for all of them. And it was up to you to assess what the market value was for the three and the one. Are you sure? That doesn't sound right.
0: I'm totally right on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. That sounds, does that sound right? Tim?
2: (laughs) Uh, Uh, I have no reason to disbelieve him.
0: <laughs> Are we giving away like stern secrets here? I feel like, no, no, no. I <laughs> swear this was common
2: knowledge. It
0: was talked about a lot. I don't know about that. anywho, but my point being is, is I feel like this has already been done once before, so it would not shock me if Ellie's because of their rarity, because of their demand, we do start seeing. Hey, y- your your base pro is is six thousand. Your your premium seven thousand eight hundred, and then call your distributor for an le because at this point I, I kind of agree with like distributors should be getting somewhat of a kickback because not only do the, the le sell out quick and they should be making a premium off that they still do get what's the proper way to put this jerked around like i know people that call multiple distributors that are like hey This is how much I'm getting it from this guy. How much can I get it from you? And granted, they're all supposed to have their own little base price. And they're not, like Stern says, you're not supposed to go below that. But there's some people that see gray area in that. I don't know how you do, but I, I, yeah. Like, there's just as much the, the consumer is is taking advantage of the low prices they as the distributors of the high price, so I, I feel like it kind of balances itself out.
1: Yeah, I I I feel that. Or here, okay, here's my wish, my okay. my Chris, my my TED talk from me to you. Um, I would like everybody who wants to buy the LE to be able to get the LE. Yep. So if there's a thousand if there's interest for 1500, I think they should sell 1500. they should get that money. But I also understand there is something about the the perceived scarcity and hey, this is what like uh, this is what it is. And so hey, you missed out the last LE. maybe you'll jump in on this one. So there is a, per, a perpetuation of the myth of scarcity that does drive demand. I'm yeah. spooky sold out in four hours on, you know, on Rick and Morty. So what does that say? It's, it's the perceived scarcity, right? So, uh, I, I guess it, it is what it is, but, uh, I'm glad they're able to sell them. I'm glad they're not sitting there like kiss did the Ellie kiss that would just sat around. And finally they just almost gave them away.
0: Like uh WrestleMania still is. Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They, they they buried them in the uh, in the same dumpster lot that uh, the ET
0: game from the Atari did in 82. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Atari games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
1: anyway, like I I yeah, it it's it's sad that the prices are that way, but on the good side, that means it's a healthy demand for the product. Yeah. And you're getting I, I would say the difference between the premium and the LE really isn't that much it's not like you can you're paying for the the privilege of having the le and yes it already has the blinged out stuff it has the invisible in invisible glass it has the upgraded sound package it has the side art it has the shaker motor it has the mirror back glass but really the play field is exactly the same as the premium and there's a billion premiums out there Okay, but but yeah. I want someone to sh- to send in to Josh and tell him that I am right on the pricing of Beatles.
0: <laughs> We're going to get an email from Zach Sharp says, I cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah, you know I can that, neither right.
1: confirm nor deny. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll find a distributor. There's always one out there. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. Actually, I, I don't. I, that wasn't a secret. I'm pretty sure they actually announced that.
0: Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll 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 find out.
1: Yeah. Someone someone <laughs> tired.
0: Ti- I'm getting tired. I know if I'm tired, Tim's about to crash out in front of his computer. So um Yeah. <laughs> we're we're good. <laughs> Tim, I, I want you to I want you to plug your show because really I know that we talked about it at the beginning, but I don't think people are hearing it enough. Tribe Multiball is really fun. I think I think the part of this industry slash hobby is there are people that fall through the cracks that don't really get that should be talked about that don't get to be on a podcast or whatnot. And I feel like you interviewing these tribe members is really cool because it, it gets them to tell their story and feel like they're more part of the hobby. So I want you to talk about your show a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, Tribe Multiball, you know, I'm part of the poor man's pinball podcast tribe. You know, somebody has to be there to, to, you know, watch over those guys and be the nice guy. So that's my job. And um, they have this tribe that they concocted this, you know, crazy tribe idea. And I always wanted to do a podcast. So I decided that I was going to interview the tribe members because as I got to know Drew and Ian and in their group, the, the men and women in the tribe, I started to realize they had a lot of cool things going on. So I was looking for a co-host and, you know, Rachel Lilji um, offered to, uh, you know, come on and and be a co-host with me. So all we really do is we interview the tribe members and they're just, you know, average uh, people in, in the hobby and just talk about how they're playing pinball, how they got into pinball and what they're doing into pinball. And we're discovering that, you know, some of the folks are just like me. They like to play pinball in their basement and talk about it. Others are taking pinball to another level, starting tournaments, having kids tournaments, um, and we're learning more about the people. Um, there's a gentleman we interviewed last, Pete Quint. Um, just real quick, you know, he has a um, instrumental band, and the sole purpose of that band is to raise money for the Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And they did kind of the project pinball thing, where they work with them, raise money, and put a pinball machine that's going into Children's Hospital. So. We just do about an episode every week or two, just talking to the various tribe members and just seeing what they're doing in pinball and how they're playing in pinball. And it's great. It's just, you know, normal people talking about pinball. You know, nobody's really tied to the industry or, or anything. So that's our show. I mean, it's usually about a half hour to, to 45 minutes. And we have about 41 episodes to do with the tribe members. And we're on episode number seven that should come out in the next couple of days.
0: Very cool. And it's, it really is fun. It's, it's a good listen. If you're looking for something just to, uh, keep you awake or whatever, that's the show, man. There you go. (laughs) Yep. So, so how can people contact you, Tim, if you want people to reach out to you and send messages and, and talk pinball with
2: you? Is it an open tribe? It is. Um, generally I'm on Facebook. I would, uh, (laughs) <laughs> go to the, the poor man's pinball podcast page and you can, you can find me there or just, you know, um, friend me on Facebook, Timley on Facebook, send me a direct message. Um, I'm there, but you know, there's a lot of Tim Lee's in the world. So go to the poor man's page and, and look me up and send me a message. And I love to talk pinball. I talk to most of the podcasters out there.
1: All right. Well, uh, that sounds, uh, so send us your feedback. See what if are you excited for Mandalorian? Is there a is there one that you have uh, dialed in on? Did you get L.E.? Why would you get Nelly? An anyway, uh, send the feedback uh, to Loser Kid Pinball, and thanks for tuning in. Sorry, we probably went a little long, but uh, we try to keep it to around an hour. So, Josh, why don't you send us
0: on out? So just a quick shout out really quick to a friend of the podcast, Beehive Pinball. You can find him on Pinside. He is recreating stars right now. If you need a stars playfield for your Stern pinball machine, please hit him up. Mike Lund is a fantastic man. He does a lot of great work. Uh, We've checked out his stuff personally, and I love it. Uh, The 2.0 stars is polarizing, but he is making the original playfield as well. You can get those both off of his site, uh, beehivepinball.com. And he has a new one coming out soon. So we'll tease that right now. But um, keep an eye out for that. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we are LoserKidPinball at gmail.com. Sorry, no, we're LoserKidPinballPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at LoserKidPinball. We're happy to talk pinball with you. Uh, Shout out to Charles that's been talking to us. Uh, One of his favorite locations is Sunshine laundromat up in new york anywho great having you on tim it's always a pleasure scott i'm excited for this game i don't know about you but i'm always excited for pinball reveal day and i woke up and i felt like i just i hate using this well i don't know if i want to use that reference you're a
1: kid on christmas
0: i felt like i was a kid on christmas yeah let's do that i was gonna say billy madison from uh, well, Adam Sandler from Billy Madison, Nudie Magazine Day, but then people <laughs> like you're getting a little too excited about pinball. You know what I'm saying? Any? Wow. <laughs> anywho,
1: just go, just just go with pinball and Christmas.
0: Pinball <laughs> and Christmas, and I probably will cut out the Billy Madison thing. But anywho, <laughs> uh, thanks again for tuning in, and as always, we'll see you in a couple weeks.